Welcome back, folks. This episode of Ask a Black Guy is brought to you by Stateside Vodka. Go Smith. Stateside Vodka. So I got a chance to look at their menu the other day, and these guys are fucking hilarious. I mean, like they're very colorful, very spontaneous, very upbeat group of people. I have the drink list in front of me. If you're a hockey fan, they have a cocktail called the Dirty Gritty. There's another cocktail called Basic as Fuck. <laughs> That's for you, basic white women. There's a there's a fucking cocktail called John Snow. John, like you're from Philly, and John Snow, like Game of Thrones. God. I don't know if you like Game of Thrones. G-O-T. I love Game of Thrones. My favorite fucking drink on this list. Artichoke me daddy. You who comes up with these names? You gotta go to Stateside Vodka. My favorite drink is Corn Hub. <laughs> Dude, Stateside Vodka is the fastest growing craft spirit company in Pennsylvania. And better than that, they are located in uh, Old Kensington, Philadelphia, 1700 Hancock Street. You got to get down there. When the uh, world opens back up, get down there, order one of these specialty drinks. The vodka is seven times distilled, certified gluten-free. Super smooth, gluten-free vodka. But right now you can order it online. So go to statesidevodka.com and use the Ask a Black Guy code, AABG. 10 and you can get 10% off your order. You can go pick it up or they'll deliver it to you. Again, that code is AABG10. Statesidevodka.com. Statesidevodka. Drink responsibly, people. Or not. It's got electrolytes in it. You're good. Hydrate. folks another episode of ask a black guy you literally started while i was drinking well you know what it's been a rough morning it's it taking me an hour and a fucking half <laughs> to get this thing going all kinds of technical difficulties and you know what it came down to what your late computer down, no. no 121 gigs you had wasted on this computer with garbage as I stated, it didn't fucking 40 minutes ago. I said, I probably need to clean off space on my computer. You said, no. I said, no, I think I need to clean off space on my computer. You again said, no, because nobody can be right but you. And you were wrong. But is again really considered garbage? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have porn on my computer. It's 2020. <laughs> nobody downloads porn anymore. And we stream it like a gentleman. On top of it, if the audience didn't already pick up, we got a new voice here today. I'm going to call you. I don't know what to call you. Well, sometimes it's Joe. Sometimes it's Sue Man. But for right now, I'm going to introduce our first racial guest. He's hey. an Indian dude. Named Joe. Named Joe. Hey, guys. I'm Joe. <laughs> and he's Indian. <laughs> or brown yeah what do well, you what's the proper way to address an indian brown guy 
Brown guy. Well, Indians call each other actually Daisies, like D-E-S-I. So Daisies. Yeah. So when they go, there's another Indian, they go, oh, there's another Daisy over there. Is oh. it? It's like a slang. slang. It's like a slang, yeah. you know? It's like... Um, Would it I be get, like the N-word? Or like no, it? it'd be like brother. It'd be like, oh, oh. there's another brother. You know, like if if, like if, if, uh, if if one black guy says to another guy, wouldn't you say that? Would you say that? There's, a, there's another brother, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All day. See? What do white people say? Uh, hello, friend. I don't know. <laughs> well, actually, they, they look left and right first. <laughs> bro. <laughs> yeah. Bro, probably. What's up, bro? Uh, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Mm, I like that it. It is interesting. It so is. welcome to the show, bro. Thanks, guys. You're Great to be on here. Our first guest. I, I feel honored. And also, this is actually my first uh, podcast. And actually, I didn't even know what a podcast was before. So thanks <laughs> <Nice>. for everything. <laughs> you got it. You had a very professional sounding voice. It sounds much better than both of ours. You kind of want to sleep with me if you heard my voice on the phone, <laughs> didn't you? Maybe. Maybe. Slim might have. That's a uh, speed. Yeah, I guess that's for another show, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's his, that's his own personal show. <laughs> yeah. I like I like dudes. That's the joke you're making, you know? That's where you're at. Oh, joke. No, oh, no, no, no. Oh. It's really oh, my well, voice mm, could make you joke. like dudes. Thanks. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I like it. So, uh, we set up in Joe's house, actually. Yeah, my bachelor pad. Is kind of our... Uh, Full of cool shit, too. Yeah, you do have a bunch of cool shit in here. It matches I took a my... picture of one. What was that? Was that a butter turner? Yeah. Yeah, it was this cool ass butter churner. It looks like an old like wool barrel with like a hand crank on it. Uh, and right next to it, I got a picture of me meeting Pope John Paul. Oh, oh no shit! I didn't even see that. Yeah, I was I was more amazed when I got the butter churner. Yeah, than I, than I didn't even notice the picture of you and the Pope. Oh yeah. Fuck! I got a story behind that. What the fuck is that supposed to be? <laughs> <laughs> My aunt was actually Pope John Paul's like personal surgeon. She was a aunt, she was a nun as well. So she used to travel all over and teach innovative surgeries. She taught at Harvard Medical, and then she was a personal surgeon. And she taught wow. and were, uh, lived at St. Anne's Convent. Spoke Italian, like, and that's how we got to get tickets to the papal mass that day. And Jeez. all these tourists started. I was nine. All these tourists started passing me over to the aisle, and I thought I was being sacrificed. I'm like, Dad, I'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> so when I get to the aisle, right, Pope John Paul's like trying to shake my hand, and he goes, "Are you from India?" And I go, "Yeah." But you know, when I was in Singapore, I uh, wrote a pen pal letter to you, and I got a B plus because I asked you a question, and you didn't reply back. And he tells everybody to hold off on trying to shake his hand. And he goes, "I'm sorry. What was your question?" And I said, "I asked you how many languages you could speak." And he said, 23, and he blesses me. And I go, I forgive you, Pope. And that's when he's laughing. And they, there's a white guy next to me going, did you just effing forgive the Pope? And, I, <laughs> and that Pope John Paul's laughing. And that's when, that was that picture. And we went through like the uh, an hour later, we went and found the picture in like this place where they uh, developed all the photos. And my mom found it out of 2,000 pictures. And that's, uh, you know, that's been my uh, story of the Pope. So that I met, met him since uh, that day. That's wow. impressive. How, how More you? impressive. I was nine. Nice. More impressive, the power of a mom that can spot your ass out of two thousand people. Yeah, really like ah, oh, that's that motherfucker. Come on, yeah. and this like, is back in nineteen ninety, but you know, or ninety one. Mm-hmm. You think about it, like you're not looking through digital images; they're all pictures on a wall in there. You know, damn. And he, she actually found it. Yeah, that's out of control. 
It's <laughs> legit. It's wild. Dave, there you go. Cool ass shit. It's a lot of cool shit in here. So, uh, why don't you give us a little background, man? All right. So, uh, I was born in India. And as soon as I was born, we moved to Singapore. My dad helped run the Singapore government there and uh, ended up growing up there for 13 years. And a couple years in between, he took a sabbatical and we lived in the Netherlands in Maastricht from 1990 to 92. And that's when we got to travel Europe and do a lot of cool stuff there. Um, I actually came here to visit cousins in 95. And then, you know, they convinced me to try it out in the U.S. My dad used to be a professor here back in the 70s and 80s. And so then what happened was I said, all right, I went to a Quaker boarding school. Not a great idea, but it was still fun, you know, and uh, I had a good experiences there as well. And then I went to Malvern Prep senior year and I went to Villanova undergrad. But uh, Villanova was a little bit different. So I switched from uh, full time to uh, full time night school and I worked full time during the day. And I did this random thing of buying a house my sophomore year. And then... uh, it was one of those times where they approved anybody and I was like, okay, let me go online and you're approved. So I bought a place in Collegeville, lived there for a year and a half, did really well selling it. And I bought this place in Bryn Mawr, uh, my senior year. And I've been here since then and uh, nice. become a local yokel at this point. So uh, legit. T- technically, you're off the boat. Yeah, I am a right? fresh off the boat. Fresh off nice. the boat. That's terminology I can use, right? It is. That's it not can, offensive. Not at all. It's, uh, you know, people actually get confused. It depends on how you use it. Yep, I can use it. I'm good. <laughs> okay. Sue can use it. He's good. You better you, you <laughs> tread lightly. It's, you it's how, tread lightly. It, it really is like how you use it. But most people, if they, they totally, uh, totally get it and mm-hmm. it's, they're not going to take it offensively, but. It also depends, like, you know, use it. I mean, you think about it, uh, a lot of people are not just Indians are fresh off the boat, too. I mean, you could be Italian, you could be, you know, you can be any any country pretty much. But um, there is also a um, uh, expect or assumptions that even, uh, for example, in Indi- Indian cultures, that Indians, how they treat each other, whether they're fresh off the boat or they're what they're called ABCDs. Here. Here. So Indians born here. Um, Actually, really fresh off the boat, people call Indians born here ABCD. It's an acronym for American born confused Desi. And mm. what that really means is Desi is a slang term that Indians call each other. It's like if um, uh, uh, someone who's black says, hey, there's another black guy. They don't say that. They go, oh, that's another brother. You know, so that's like kind of the equivalent for us. It's like saying there's another Indian. Um, <laughs> and as a result, like, you know, there's a mentality behind that too. And the reason where ABCD came from is when you're born here, a lot of Indians who don't necessarily even go back to India to learn about their culture, they still get ingrained in it because of their parents. And what will happen is they'll, they will literally have a, for example, an Indian woman, she'll have a group of white friends and then a group and a group of Indian friends. And literally one day they will act like they're a Valley girl and actually only hang out with their white friends and reject all Indian culture and everything. And then the next day, they ignore all their white and American friends and um, and then will act all Indian and almost put on an Indian accent. They do this on an everyday basis. And I've actually explained this theory to white girls that I've dated on dates. And they go, oh, my God, that totally explains my friend, you know, Anjali. Like, I thought she was insane. And I'm like, well, she is. But, you know, this is where this is the explanation behind it. There's actually a science behind it. So when you understand that. Um, really it comes down to the only guys that can actually handle, really handle the ABCD girls are white guys, black guys, and Latino guys. 
Indian guys are just too feeble for that. So for the most part, <laughs> I have a different experience of being an Indian guy. So I can see it from an outsider's perspective or an Indian guy being assumed by other, by other Indians for certain things. And really the reason is because I don't have that super close relationship with my mom like a lot of Indian guys do. And that actually comes into play a lot in terms of relationships and how they treat women who are non-Indian too. Um, so we can go on talk about that if you guys, as we uh, carry on this podcast. Very interesting. Well, I got so many questions. So you're saying that's pretty typical. Yeah. Of, a, of a, an Indian female who was born here. What, and why is that, do you think? Is it, do they struggle with an identity? They do. So, so they're straddling being born here as an American but also trying to carry on the traditions of being Indian and yes. and what comes with that. that a lot of times it's the parents. They're sometimes even the parents are confused because they're coming in as first generation Indians and they're trying to uh, impose uh, Indian culture into their kids. But at the same time, they're trying to sometimes say, Oh no, no, no. We also have to act American too. So they're trying to do both and they don't understand. It's actually confusing the shit out of these kids. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, the problem with that is they don't know what to stick to. So they drop all in any moral guidelines and kind of just listen to whatever their parents tell them to do. Mm. Wow. So how, how were you raised? Was it similar or is it different with guys? It was, see, I'm, again, it was very different. So normally the guys are usually prized, but my dad raised us very differently. It's probably because he came from nothing. And when we were really young, he just lied to me and said, we're poor. Don't ask for anything. And I didn't, but my, <laughs> <laughs> but, but my sisters were treated like princesses. They got whatever they wanted. And it, so it was very different. Now I never got actually jealous or anything. It was just, I just thought that was the way things are. Um, so, for example, every year they got a new bicycle for Christmas. My dad just put a ribbon on mine. And finally, when I complained about it, actually, I'm like, Dad, I want a new bike. And he goes, oh, you want a new bike for Christmas next year? Uh, he goes, you want a different bike? And I go, yeah. So next year, I come downstairs and there's another fucking ribbon on the bike. <laughs> and I go, Dad, I thought you promised me. And he goes, yeah, look, it's a different bike. There's no training wheels on it. And then he goes and tells me to go figure out how to ride a bicycle. And if I keep falling, then I'll keep getting up and stop falling eventually. <laughs> so he raised me. I think he tried to really raise me to figure out stuff on my own. So eventually I did. And um, I grew up even going through boarding school. It was uh, it was a lonely experience, but I had a lot of good American guy friends and female friends also who kind of just, you know, taught me a lot of things. I mean, I, I was the only, when I was in Singapore, I went to the Singapore American school, but at home on my street, kids were from all over and Singapore culture is very, um, traditional Asian culture. So it was trying to, you know, be able to work with both. So coming here, it was, it was a pretty big shock for me to learn a lot of things. Um, and I learned them the hard way, but it was also interesting. I mean, I was the only kid whose dad didn't sign the, uh, waiver to go, look at get the uh, sex ed course at school so when i came here you know mm. my first thing was i assumed you know babies came out the butt you know and boarding school fixed a lot of that stuff they you don't know? they don't do that, that no apparently no yeah. but i still feel sometimes the baby comes out we had fucking video i i wish people could see how i'm looking at you right now <laughs> I'm sorry, so continue. <laughs> oh, no, no, not at all. But, you know, you learn a lot of things and you learn a lot of um, things from dating as actually. And I, a lot of friends' parents really gave me a lot of good advice. Mm -hmm. One of my 
uh, good friends. Uh, his name is Brian Kelly. We were roommates and his mom was a very traditional Irish Catholic woman. And, you know, she, she always said, you know, open the doors for women, you know, this is how you treat women. And I learned a lot from her. So and also, yeah, I'm Catholic. Catholic yeah. yeah. Um, my I think mom, that's something that a lot of people don't understand. I think, uh, explain how many Catholics are actually Indian. Like, yeah, it's, it's one of, it's probably yeah, one that of would, the biggest. That would blow my mind too. I would have thought, you, I would have never thought Catholic. I would have thought, I mean, what's the, what, what is it? Uh, there's Hinduism, Hinduism, Buddhism, and Islam. And then there's also other religions like Jainism, Sikhism. Mm -hmm. um, but basically, a lot of those religions primarily, not just like, you know, necessarily, but they're primarily denoted by whether you're South Indian or North Indian, too. Mm. Um, like Jains and Sikhs are traditionally from the North of India. And what determines in North and South Indians are is North Indians are lighter skinned. South Indian and because and South Indians are Whoa, they got racist religions. Yes. Oh, look at that and, shit. Well, well, here's the other thing too. North Indians, the reason why the lighter skin, the uh, uh, darker skins exist, uh -huh. is because of vitamin D in our diet. North Indians are landlocked, so yeah. they don't have fish in their diet, which vitamin D creates you to have dark, normally darker skin, which is South Indians. Nice. However, the weird thing is, if you look at the Indian matrimonial section on Indian newspapers, even now. They'll actually say they're people when they still stick to that whole caste system, they'll actually say prefer a fair person with a lighter skin. So if I'm darker, it actually a North Indian, for example, may not family may not be accepting because I'm darker. Mm. So it's actually there. Preach, that, brother. Yeah, there's that internal. <laughs> there is that internal racism. Now, there's even another part, too. So there's, for example, I'm confused I, uh, with a lot of um, <clears throat> with an Indian caste called Malayalis. Mm -hmm. So Malayalis are traditionally they're Orthodox Christian or they can be Catholic um, or some form of Christianity. But they're very they try to be very community minded and stick to their own uh, group. Mm -hmm. And I've gone on dates where with Malayali women where they assumed I'm Malayali because it says I'm Christian on the profile and they go out with me and I'm also darker skinned. Malayalis were typically South Indian darker skinned people. It's funny so, how Malayali sound a lot like Muli, Mulianas. What are Mulianas? Oh, that's like the racist terms that's how I used to call black people. Like, oh, fucking really? Mulies. Like, oh, you know, okay. They just sound like, yeah. Yeah. And you never heard that before? No, never oh, heard bro, that. Bro, watch like the Bronx Tale. All, watch any Italian. Wait, I watched Bronx Tale. I totally missed bro, that. Watch Bronx Tale. Watch Sopranos. Watch okay. like Goodfellas. They call yeah. black people Mulies and Mulians. I'm like, yeah, you fucking with the Mulians. I'm like, that's funny because I was yeah. Sopranos. Oh, Sopranos all day long. Oh, really? When, okay. I remember when Meadow brought the, the black dude to the home. He was mm -hmm. oh, she was the house. Guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Tony lost his goddamn mind. I didn't even realize oh. that. <laughs> Great show. Sopranos. Yeah. Sorry, not, not the Oh, no, no, not at all. But so the Malayali's, the, this girl on one date, she goes, she freaked out. She goes, wait, you're not Malayali? I'm like, no. And she freaked out and she had to end the date early. And I said, listen. You split the bill? You know, I'm just that nice guy. So no, I kind of don't. But nice. I start. I started getting getting ahead of the game now. And now I talk to everyone on the phone first, and I'm like, you know what? It starts to smell fishy. I canceled the show right up front. Yeah. You know, I'd rather be at home by myself. Yeah. But so the <laughs> So I even try to explain to a lot of the Malayali women that I'm like, hey, you know, are you sure you want to end up with another Malayali guy? Because chances are, you guys might be related. Do you really want to go there in terms of genetics? You know. So maybe you might want to date like outside of your 
outside of your caste system, you know, maybe you're not marrying your cousin. I heard some stories about some other cultures that are like that, too. I don't want to say it because I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I actually met a a very powerful group. (laughs) I actually met a couple that just got married and they both both their names were Patels before they got married. So they didn't have to change their name. And I was kind of joking with the husband and I said, you know, how do you guys know you guys aren't actually related and you didn't just marry your technically first cousin? You know, and he kind of looked at his wife and and she looks at him. She goes, we're probably not related. He's ugly. There's no chance we're related. You know, oh. and she blew it out that way. But, you know, yeah. there is that possibility. So I just tell people, yeah, you know, but now he's got that thought rolling around his head. Why he's balls deep in his way. This going to be my cousin. Oh, cuz. You feel so good, cuz. <laughs> oh, that's terrifying. Hey. But she's hot, you know. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> just go. Let's not tell anybody this. Oh man, this is why Indians don't do stuff like you know twenty three and Me or like DNA things. Then they go, "Holy shit, my wife is really my sister." Oh, what if that happened? You know, and she was just given off because she wasn't a male and they were going off to a different family member and they took her to a different village Jeez. and now I met her in America and we got married and we have babies. I wonder how oh, that turns man. out. Oh, that's yeah. tough. Bro. Your nephew's yeah. son? Like, yeah. Thanks. I actually have a cousin. He's like, it's kind of funny. It's a curse, but he's, he's really wealthy and kind of a, kind of like a jerk, but his parents are first cousins and we look nothing alike. I mean, the curse is he's, he's a millionaire, multimillionaire, yeah, well. but he's like five, two and shrinking. Mm. You know, and just big narcissist, but it kind of it's kind of cool because it's like funny because when you see like a Ferrari driving, you see it looks like nobody's driving it's the car. Mm. Yeah, no, you just looks like nobody's driving the car. <laughs> you know, Damn. and I've actually like people have seen him and they go, "Is Chris? You know, is he your cousin?" And I'm like, "Yeah, how do you know?" And they're like, "You guys don't look alike, but you know, apparently they've seen like pictures of us together at some uh-huh. point or something." They go, "Yeah, usually he's trying to date some like Eastern European women to." woman to convince her that he's going to you know, help her get her citizenship. And it just looks like a tall blonde chick is walking the kid. So, nice. you know, it's kind of a balance. You know, I, oh. I believe that's why I believe there's like a God because God says, I will create balance hmm. in, right. in, in this. You know, you can't just have a really rich, good looking, well hung guy who's like awesome. <laughs> yeah. You know, and drives, I'm broke. <laughs> yeah. And drives right. a Ferrari, you know, that, there's the yeah. balance. Is that what it is? Yeah. That's why I'm broke. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Ah. I, just, I just don't have the money. How, how do you explain me being broke? You're married. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw the wheels turning. I, 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 I couldn't come up to it. I couldn't come up to it. I was like, what? Like, yeah. No, that's so that's that, terrible. That's why it's, you know, for me, I find this big contradictory thing when Indians come to America and they're like, oh, we're all accepting and, and you know, we're, we're, you know, we want equality and stuff. And I'm like, no, you treat poor people like shit in India. And then you also don't accept each other for their, you know, specific uh, um, culture that they're their caste system that they're from or or their the color of their skin. And I'm like, damn, that sounds so familiar. Yeah. (laughs) So in terms of their racism, I felt more racism with other Indians from other Indians, because as a result, in America, they actually treat um, Indians fresh off the boat. poor. Poorly compared to others, whether it's in the hospitals and stuff, and it happens. You're saying Indians, yes, other Indians do that. Treated to to other Indians, 
Okay. Wow. So, and it's kind of funny because I actually, that's why I actually also preferred not to just to create the balances. Like, you know, my doctor, she's a white Greek lady. I love her. She's very honest, but I would feel less inclined to go to an Indian person. But although it is funny though, whenever I go like CVS or somewhere around the main line, and I know this is just people just trying to be relate to you. They're not trying to be offensive, mm-hmm. but they'll just say something out of randomly. They'll go, my cardiologist is Indian. You know, their di- her name is Dr. White Patel. People. White yeah. people? Yeah. yeah. And they're oh, like, I got a friend that's black. Yeah. yeah it's cool. <laughs> that's the one I was going to use, a friend. Uh, He's from California. Do you yeah. know him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, I know this one black guy who lives in Chicago. His name was Mike. You, you know him? Like, what the fuck? And, and you're He's, like, what hilarious. do I do with that information? You know, yeah. you're like, so it's kind of funny, but people do that still. And, and, it's usually the people also sometimes who are always like, oh, I'm I'm not offensive. I'm not racist. They're about whatever. And they're so worried about being politically correct mm-hmm. that they actually don't realize half the shit they say is mm-hmm. actually offensive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you just have to let it roll off your back because you have to take people what they're worth. Why are they are they trying to just connect with you and be a decent person? Mm-hmm. Or are they actually trying to be offensive indirectly and trying to make you feel awkward about it? Mm-hmm. But obviously, you can tell that there's really no situation they can make me awkward. Like I've been to parties in the city where people assume I'm actually a doctor. So then I roll with it and I say, you know what, I'm actually a plastic surgeon. And I always usually carry a Sharpie with me. So a lot of times, you know, sometimes <laughs> women end up with like a mustache or something like that. And they're like, he's going to fix my face. And everyone's like, you know, he sells cars. <laughs> so, it kind of works out like a great balance there. Yeah, so roll with it, you know? That's I like it. That's legit. So let's roll back a little bit. When, how old were you when you went to the boarding school here? I was 12 going on 13. 12. So what is that? Seventh grade? Uh, no, it was, uh, uh, grade. no, it was ninth grade. Oh shit, man. I'm all messed up. Yeah. So ninth grade. So you started high school. When I was 12. Oh, you know, you were smart as fuck. Cause you're way ahead of the curve. Yeah. But that's, it looks like that. It's just that in Singapore, everything was like Better. a little more advanced. Oh. Like my sisters, they were, went to school in Singapore. They went to public school in Singapore mm-hmm. as well at some point and also school in India and everywhere they just accelerate things. Mm-hmm. So they'll take the dumbest kid or the kid with the worst, like, you know, ADD, whatever. And they will just beat it out of you in school, literally. And they'll say they don't believe in stupidity or disabilities or anything like that. They will. And it works actually to some extent. Hmm. It's sad because like there are some long term repercussions because <laughs> of that. Yeah, <laughs> while you're a fucking yeah. uh, uh, six hundred million dollar a year brain surgeon, you're fucking thinking you're back like, like, oh, I like my mom beat the shit out of me. Like, yeah, that. you're like, I, I wish I could cut her brain out. But you know, it's just it's stuff like that. But mm-hmm. you you either have to learn really young that say this is really messed up, and say when I get older, uh, I have to work from this and maybe see a therapist at some point, um, or you have to you'll get fucked up of it and do some crazy shit and end up in jail because you became a sociopath or something like that. You know, um, go either way, go either way. <laughs> I, I learned from a really young, young age. Cause I used to get my ass beat. Like my mom used to have like a cane, mm-hmm. an actual cane from the cane store. You like where they sell cane furniture, 10 cents a cane. She'd give me a dollar mm-hmm. and say, go buy a, buy, go buy 10. You mm-hmm. buy your own cane. Canes. That's funny. Cause each time they, they would hit so hard. They would break. I remember the like the whipping noise. It sounded like Night Riders, you know the Yeah. Yeah. Yo, Just remember when, that. When I when I was younger, my grandma, my father, all the same, like they used to make us go get our own switches off the fucking bushes yeah. and off the trees. And you would come and get like the skinniest little switch. You gotta take all the leaves off 
and you give it to them, and they're like, this isn't big enough. Go get me another one. You don't want, you got to pick your own branch and get your ass whooped. So what you do is you go get another switch that's small, hopefully, and you bring it back. But they're slick because they know you're going to get the small one. So if it hits hard enough, it gets stuck in you. What's well, the fucked up part? Yeah. But what my grandma did was she knew you were going to go with the small switch. So she's like, no, this isn't big enough. No, this isn't. And she sends you back four or five times. And what you should have did was got a decent size switch because now she done wrapped all of them together. And then you got this super switch and then you get your ass whipped with it. Like That was that was the worst. Come on. Up. Hold on. You're saying they use the word switch? Yeah. Go get a switch off the tree. Go get a switch off the tree. Yes. Is this 1920? Oh my girl, they were old. Culture. This is culture. A switch. Listen, listen, Captain Timeout. We got. I got my ass beat with switches. I got my ass beat with switches. I got my ass beat with extension cords, wooden spoons, wooden spoons, fucking shoes, whatever the fuck. The theory is really across all cultures is you beat the stupid out of them, whether they make stupid decisions or they're just stupid. You beat it out of them. I'm. You know what? It's funny you said that. The old Looney Tune commercials, I mean cartoons, they used to curse. And there was one with, uh, remember Foghorn Leghorn? Yeah. There was one cartoon, one episode where he was like, he was like, uh, he was talking about the kid, the, the chicken, the little younger chicken was was stupid. Chicken Hawk. Yeah, Chicken Hawk. He was like, you can't, you can't something with stupid, but you can sure slap the hell out of it. And he slapped the shit out of the little chicken. <laughs> I got to find that and post it. Because he said hell. And I was like, oh, he cursed. Like, it was yeah. a cartoon. Falkland Langhammer was by far the best cartoon ever made. Yeah. And I actually got in trouble really just for coming home with like an A minus or a B plus. So my mom would actually call the school, ask the teachers, teacher's aide, what grades I got. And so I would know. And all my friends would literally glue their face to the wall windows of the school bus. Yeah. You know, and being like, oh, he's going to get his ass whooped. Like, she'd start whooping my ass as soon as I got off the bus. Off the bus. Yeah. So I, I, minus? I, yeah. And so I used to, Shit. I have created a plan, a diversion where I'd have the bus driver drop me off at the bottom of the street and hang out at my buddy's house till like she kind of calmed down, you know, and I'll call another buddy up the street and go, is she out there? They're like, Every yeah. Day? Well, this is pretty much three or four times a week. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. It, it, and plus I had asthma. So I get asthma attacks, you know, and Damn. It, it got pretty bad, you know, and, wow. uh, yeah. And then to the point where my dad would actually, my dad ran the Singapore government in a university hospital. So when I go in to get up, be put on oxygen, like my dad would just say, it has been back. And that was it. And that was the end of the story. Damn. <laughs> yeah. What? So they're beating the shit out of you. That's what? crazy, bro. Oh, yeah. That- so discipline was uh, is a big part of your childhood. It is. And it was. And then when my parents split up and my mom left, uh, it was very sudden. That was kind of like the last day I got beat. So. You know, I think it uh, it was nice. It was kind of a nice vacation for my butt. Yeah. How old um, were you then? Uh, that was, I was probably about, I was uh, 10 or 9. Actually. Oh, I wow. was not 10, 10. I was just 10. Was pretty, you were still pretty young. Yeah, I was really young. But, were you um, here? No, I was still in Singapore. That was Singapore. Yeah, and for a while, my dad had a stroke right then. So I was, I also actually traveled with him a lot uh, while I was in school because I had to check his blood pressure, give him his medication. And this is apparently, I know this is a weird story, but this is why I'm really good at massage. They, he convinced me that he needed leg massages and back massages. It was good for blood circulation for his stroke. And I bought into it. And <laughs> he used just to make me, Yeah. So I'm actually really good at massage now, but they used to call me Tiger Bomb Boy because he used to make me use Tiger Bomb on him. And I just smelled like Tiger Bomb. It was just like a Tiger Bomb fart walking around me. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So for a few years, I didn't have a girlfriend. That's fucking funny because I... No bullshit. I was at my friend's house uh, the other day, and in their garage, there's a fucking 
Tiger Bomb can, tin can. Can. Yeah. And I'm going to go back now to find it and take a picture of it so we can put it on fucking Instagram. <laughs> and then I was, I was like, what the, like, what the fuck is Tiger Bomb? Yeah. My only experience with Tiger Bomb was that Jerry Seinfeld episode when Kramer mm-hmm. got fucked up. Yeah. And he's talking to the lawyer. It's supposed to be Johnny Cochran. Who the hell you use Tiger Bomb? Who the hell you use Tiger Bomb? And if you yeah. look, the original Tiger Bomb was actually made in Singapore. Yeah. Wow. A few things made it's got in Tiger Singapore. Tiger Yeah. Yeah. Now they're going to go And they got different there. flavors, too. Oh, really? Yeah. I used to eat that stuff. I know. Did you eat it? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just used to. <laughs> that explains the A minus. It probably does. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Damn. That's wild. So. Man. When you were a teenager then, yeah, your ass still wasn't getting beat anymore. No, no, much. no. You were in America mm-hmm. going to a, a Quaker boarding school. Yeah. So you were you were gone 10 months out of the year. Yeah. And I didn't even hit puberty to like junior year. So uh, we actually had a band. It was uh, my buddy Angus and I and um, another kid. And we called it Sumanth and the Romancers. So <laughs> and it was an improv band. So girls would just give us whatever words and I just go off on, on that mm. song. And, and our favorite song was Spanish Hoochie. You know, that was, uh, Spanish, that was, I've never heard Spanish Hoochie. What's Spanish Hoochie? Oh, it just, it was just a word someone threw out and I just, just went to town with it. Can you give us a Spanish Hoochie? Uh, I, it, after I hit puberty, my voice just started crackling, but uh, it started off with, I remember Spanish yeah. Hoochie. I really love you. And it just went on with that. You know, it was just anything those days, the nineties, any song went, you know, yeah, shit. I think about wait, it. Is it? No, I, I I actually didn't uh, have uh, my virginity take until I was eighteen. Oh wow! Yeah, right. I know. And we lived together for six years after that through college and everything. Wait, what? Yeah, wow. through college. Yeah, we met on AOL and Instant Messenger. She was from Michigan. Oh, yeah, remember that, remember AOL? Yeah, we used to change chat rooms. Yeah, I've been in a Philly chat room. The door open and close. <laughs> Shit. You leave a little message up when you get pissed off. Fuck yeah. everybody. Fuck this world. Yeah. And it just said, like, uh, smooth as lots of chat. Yeah. Yeah. And you're 18 <laughs> and you just want some, like, random 40-year-old woman to say some weird stuff to you. And you're like, I will never forget this. Well, that's when you had, like, LimeWire. And that's when you downloaded porn. And that's when you get all the viruses. Yeah. yeah. Napster. Oh, yeah, yeah. Napster. Yeah. Napster. Fuck. And we all had those profiles uh, on, uh, what was those profiles that we all had? Uh, not Facebook, before Facebook. My, MySpace. MySpace. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking MySpace. <laughs> you can play the music behind it. Yeah. Shit. Damn. There were so many creepers on on MySpace. Yeah. A lot of creepers. Fascinating mm-hmm. stuff. No. Classic. <laughs> so that's where you met your first girlfriend, first girlfriend. everything. Yeah. Wait. And like that's where you actually met her. You never actually saw her. Oh no, no. We met it like we met after that. We talked. And then within two weeks we met at Cedar Point, Ohio. No, I've had girlfriends in the past, but it was all very like innocent, like, yeah. you know. Hand stuff and all Finger that, banger. but yeah, but uh, <laughs> <Hand stuff>. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I still remember my first girlfriend in in pre kindergarten. Kindergarten, her name was Amanda, and you know, I used to follow around, and uh, our teacher, Mr. Duranjo, made sure we were together during uh, story time, and I used mm-hmm. to play with her hair and pass out during story time. <laughs> yeah, that's why I like girls with long hair. That's the only reason. <laughs> that's the only like, if I had a fetish, that's the only thing I had. So <laughs> yeah, the other fetishes I just probably haven't experienced yet. So damn, that's all. So what? Uh, did you experience any racism in like your high school years like, um, or felt like you were marginalized at all or was it pretty good? I think in boarding school, it was I went to boarding school for three years, so freshman year to junior year. And 
I didn't feel racism. I just felt kind of like left out, like I didn't belong there. And then I went to Malvern Prep and it was just awesome. Hmm. I think people were really welcoming. And I think they, a lot of friends' parents knew that like, you know, my parents weren't together and people always invited me to things. And even now to this day, I feel like a lot of people, I've become closer with a lot of uh, Malvernians. And I, I think it was just a, I, I kind of, it made me feel so good that I wished I went there in the past. Like all the way all through. The, all the way through. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's kind of a nice feeling to belong to something when you travel so many places and you meet people and you lose friendships and, you know, Facebook can rekindle stuff, but it's only Facebook, you know, but it's a whole different thing when you grew up with the same group of people and then you met other people and then you introduce them to your group of people. And then you just know these people for years, you know, you, you, you have that loyalty to them. And I just always wanted to give that loyalty and you just never met the right people to, to run into that way. So, you know, along the way, you, you kind of end up losing a lot of friends and you, you probably realize it as you get married or meet other people, people who you thought you were really close with, and then they do something just out of character or out of sync with what you believe in. And, you know, you try to still be there for them and it's just, it just doesn't work out, you know? And people change. Yeah. Yeah. That's just how it goes. But people don't change. I think, I think people just act like they have to change and feel like it's the norm. But Mm -hmm. honestly, I think people who- There's some truth to that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there are, there are people who are born assholes and then they grow up to be assholes who know how to be nice people. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they're nice people who just get tired of being nice people. And they're like, fuck it. I'm going to be an asshole. But that's always your reaction, right? I'm an asshole. I don't deny it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, don't it at all. I used to, I mean, the first time I got called an asshole, I was like 21. This girl called me an asshole and I felt bad. Like, damn, I'm. I'm really, you think I'm an asshole? Like, really? Like, I, I had to, like, look inside myself, like, damn, that's fucked up. Maybe I should change some shit. Then when I got around 24, 25, it's like, oh, you're an asshole. I'm like, yeah, yeah. That's just what Because I'm are. not going to allow you to do whatever the fuck you want to do without me saying, like, no, yeah, I'm an asshole. Badge of fucking honor right here. Big deal. Yeah. Big fucking asshole. Captain, capital A. Yeah. Captain asshole. That's me. I, I like never it. denied that. Good. Never, ever. Good. Well, you got to own some stuff. But yeah. eventually you get used to What the to fuck do you mean by own some stuff? Hmm? What do you mean? What do you mean? See, why do you always got to take it there? Uh, be weird. I'm just asking you where you was going with it. You're the one talking about old school butter churns. It was legit. It's a it, fucking good it's butter churn, bro. It's a nice ass <laughs> butter. That's the first thing I saw when I walked in. You got a lot of cool shit in here, so... Like that is the first thing that caught my fucking eye. Like, oh shit, what is that? Like, yeah. I can't even figure it out. It's legit. Fuck you, you uncultured asshole. It's fucking, look, look at it. <laughs> I mean, you could also call it an old school vibrator and people would probably buy it. You know? It's true. <laughs> <laughs> Sit on top. Yeah. I was just, just thinking, what's up? What's up? Keep rolling. You feel the vibration. Like, 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 I think it's doing something, you know? Flicker right here. Yeah. We got to take a picture of it now. Already did it. Already did it. Yeah. They were the first guy in here. Nice. You asshole. Thanks for paying attention. You would. You would take a picture of it. Fuck that's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Okay. But so growing up here, I ended up actually dating a lot of non-Indian women as a result of um, how I think personally I was raised and gave me a, a good perspective into being Indian and also what it's like dating someone who's Indian too. Um, for example, a lot of times today in, in the recent years uh, on dates I've gone out with, uh, typically I go out with, I would say non-Indian women. So these are women who've also actually, and I always ask, I'm like, have you gone with an Indian guy? And they go, yeah. And I'm like, oh, 
Mm-hmm. I got to explain something. So I always have a disclaimer. And the reason is because a lot of them date, a lot of women date end up dating Indian guys because they're like, oh, they won't cheat on you. I'm like, listen, everybody cheats no matter what race, you know, people do. <laughs> but there are also good guys in there that don't. But I said, but black happened? men don't cheat. <laughs> so, so then what happens is um, they'll date like an Indian guy going through med school for four or five years. And they'll, and they'll say and I'll say, let me guess, he broke up with you after five years for no reason. And two months later, he's married to an Indian chick. And they're like, how did you know? So I tell them, well, it's easy. This actually happens a lot. And um, I said, they actually were planning to break up with you when they first met you. They just listen to their mommies and their mommies actually tell them like date her for a while, you know, you know, and, and then dump her. And then they'll say something like, well, but the moms are really nice to me and welcoming as if I was going to marry their son. I go, no, no, they were just playing along. They play along the whole narrative and they'll say, oh, we'll, we'll play along. And you know, you get, let her get you through med school and then boom, you dump her and we'll find you an Indian girl. And it's kind of selfish in a way, because then you find a lot of devastated American women who are still like, kind of yearning for that Indian guy thing. And then they come and meet me. And then it becomes really awkward because I'll date them for however long. And they're still waiting for me to do that. No matter how much I just close and say, listen, I've never done that to somebody. And at the end of the day, like, you know, I, I can't apologize for every Indian guy out there. But they, I, the way I figured it out was women would first ask me, they'll say, have you seen the movie The Big Sick? And I'm like, no, I haven't. So it's basically about uh, a Pakistani guy who he's, he's like a comedian actor and it's, he's actually talking about his real life, um, how it happens. And he kind of does this thing to a girl who ends up, he ends up actually in real life getting, uh, so that's the getting plot with her. Yeah. Of that. And I'm like, but they make I've never him look, seen it. yeah, they, well, basically they make him look like a hero, but I'm like, guys that do this shit, they're assholes, you know, and they're basically little boys. And that's why Indian women end up with Indian guys. Cause they might act like they're tough and, run the show on the outside, but they're actually little boys. And the women basically tell the guys when to breathe, who to be friends with, like, wh- you know, when to eat, what clothes to wear. And the guy so it's very just, matriarchal. Yes, it's very matriarchal. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, and the only issues they have is, you know, the contra- you know, when they're fighting with the mother-in-law, because it's literally like two moms fighting over the son. That's equivalent. So for me, I'm very, I make decisions and whoever I'm with, I expect them to make their own decisions. So it's kind of like, you know, you respect the other person in that sense. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to really tell you what to do. And you're not going to tell me what to do, but we'll sort of accept each other's decisions as we we're at, we're with each other for the right reasons. That's right. all. Now you were talking about white women. Uh, have you dated black women before? Yeah, I have is there actually. A, is, there, <laughs> is there a difference there? No, I actually, I think, um, I think, the black woman I've dated, I would use the word, and I know it's terrible. If you take it in a positive way, I would use the word very accommodating. They make you feel great. <laughs> like you're. Is that true? Very accurate. Yeah. <laughs> like everything about you is amazing, you know? <clears throat> and to the point where you're like, why would I break this up, you know? And it's for all relationships. I, I don't think it has culturally. It's just, you know, you end up breaking up because of other stuff. You're like, oh, well, I didn't see this coming, you know, or, but it was, <laughs> <laughs> but, but realistically, we have to be honest. We all knew it was coming. When someone says like, you're dating a crazy chick, you knew it the second I, you met her and you go, you know what? The beginning and the middle is going to be a roller coaster, but the end is going to be a shit show. 
you just have to accept it from the beginning. And at the end of the day, you know, you kind of know what you bought, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, there are no warranties. You just sell and move on is the way people treat those sort of situations. But I also think that uh, white women, black women, Latino women, Asian women have been more uh, accepting of me and of my situation than Indian women. So hmm. it's funny because, you know, my mom of all the women she's actually met, none of them were Indian. They just didn't last that long. But also, I think also Indian women come with a lot of um, things that are like un, un, not dealt with. So, for example, uh, there's a lot of uh, whether there's a lot of it's actually from Indian women born in India, they move here. There's a lot of uh, sexual abuse within families. I mean, I, I dated a woman, Indian woman for a year. And on the very first phone call, we met on eHarmony. The very first phone call after talking to her for about 30 minutes, I said, did your brother ever do something to you? And she broke down and cried. And she said, he raped me every day for two years. And, Fuck. and she goes, how did you know? And I said, I didn't say anything about him. I said, it's not what you, it's what you didn't say about him that kind of gave me a weird thing about how you kind of skirted around him in, in that situation. Oh. That was it. And, Gross. but I said, well, why didn't you tell your dad about it? And she goes, he, he would have killed him. I'm like, well, that's probably a natural good reaction, you know? And she wanted me to sort of play along with it if I ever met him. And I said, no, I'm not yeah, going to work with that. that. Yeah. I said, I'm probably going to punch him in the face or <laughs> do something more. I said, it's just, I'm not going to be okay with that. It's horrible. But it also affected the way she handled things in the relationship too, I believe. And um, I, th- I think well, that's, it has to. It does. It does. It has to. There's no yeah. way you can deal with that. Just like, yeah, deal with it and then move on with life. And although that, it might that. seem like it's like taboo to even talk about it in India, I just think it's not, you know? It should um, be. It, it should fucked be. up. Yeah. You know, even in India, for example, uh, you look at the how they deal with rape, for example. They're, the penalties for rapists aren't that high, but here's what happens. The family, the victim's family, will hire a bunch of guys to slowly torture the guy to death once he gets out, gets out oh. of court. So, well, and nice. then no one's going to like, the cops aren't going to go after that guy. So, I think it's like, it saves a lot of taxpayer money, mm. but it also, I think it's fair justice, you know, for a guy that did that something to a woman. Mm. I mean- wouldn't that wouldn't that be a great deterrence of like rape here? Yeah, no, got them right. Yeah, because you're like or someone's gonna, yeah. yeah, someone's gonna like. But it doesn't deter you, said. Well, in India, it's still it's 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 actually I think still a deterrent. But it, the problem is, is the reason why it's not brought up is because a lot of it's done by relatives, so people don't want to. Which is know, fucked up because that's shake the coop. That's there. a that's a big issue across all cultures and a yeah. lot of and it was a big deal. Um, like a few years ago, people were talking about it like out and open, especially like in black cultures. Like they don't talk about it; they sweep it under the fucking rug and don't want to bring it up around like you know family events and all that shit. This uncle, this cousin, this somebody, yeah. this they did this, and nobody in the family wants to talk about it. And now the kid grows up all fucked up because yeah. they've been taking advantage of their whole goddamn life. And then when they actually bring it up, they go, well, we don't believe you. Or why wouldn't you brought this up then? And you're like, I was nine. (laughs) You know, like you were, you and my uncle were best of buds. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, why, how could I bring it up? Who would you believe? You know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's that fear. But I think in today's society, I I don't think that that should be an, an issue. And I think more people should bring that up. And I think you get rid of a lot of the waste of uh, space shitty people out there you know yeah i agree that's heavy shit dude yeah so that's pretty common that is pretty common and it's more it's more common than 
you you'd expect, but it, it is in very in in older cultures, it's very it's still there. And then they bring that baggage here and they don't know how to deal with it. Mm. So a lot of times what they'll actually say is then you'll find the Indian woman who'll say, I hate all Indian men. All Indian men are, are rapists. And they'll go marry someone of a different race just despite it. But they don't care if the guy they marry is going to cheat on them or whatever it is, as long as he's not Indian. Mm-hmm. So they'll either end up with someone, uh, well, the American Indian, the Indian women born here, the, the only guys that really can handle that really are like Latino guys and white guys. They can be like, eh, she's a little crazy, but they take it as exotic, you know, craziness for exotic. Mm-hmm. But Indian guys are like, this is too much trouble. And black guys are the same way probably about it too. But that's the way Indian women born here. Now, the Indian women in India, they just find another Indian guy to sort of like kind of dominate and they'll tell him what to do and keep him in his place. And that's how it works in America. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. I'm the dichotomy where people don't know what the hell to do with me. Well, you know? yeah, I think I think you free people out. Oh, yeah. Particularly people of your own cultural. Oh, absolutely. Culture. You know, like I have two day. I, I just started, you know, trying out. Indian dating profiles, Indian dating app, uh, too, as on top of Bumble. And on my Indian dating app, I actually switched it to my headliner says, um, if your parents wouldn't approve, swipe right, like <laughs> swipe in my favor. And you won't believe, like, I apparently am a rock star on the Indian dating app because <laughs> women are What's willing to travel from, it's called Dill Mill. I actually thought it was something to do with pickles, but apparently it's not. It's specifically Mill. Yeah. No, that is what it is. Yeah. Dill Mill, Dill, Pickle, Dick. This is a dick mill. For no, no. Apparently, people. apparently, it's like a Hindi. Hindi. They're two separate Hindi words, and one is like uh, love and something else. But see, you and dick. It translates. <laughs> Hindi it translates. It translates perfectly though. Like this is a dick mill. Pickle. Let the chicks come to dick mill and pick out your Indian dick dude and go about your business. That's a perfect translation. Love and all that yeah. other shit. Dick box. Go get a dick out the box. Go to the mill. Grab a dill. And, you know, climb a hill, yeah. take jail, like, you know, all kinds of shit. And it then, works. you know, and then there's uh, women on Bumble, which is the same thing. It's it's different. But um, on Bumble, I find people trying to date me for reasons other, more like either they have like, um, I call it like brown fever, where mm-hmm. they're looking for non-white guys, black, Indian, uh, Latino. Well, a little flavor, a little yeah. spice in your life. but. But the thing is, it's just they're almost looking for the color and even sometimes even just experience where they get disappointed because when they talk to me, they're like, oh, you don't have an accent. You're not threatening enough. Yeah. yeah or you don't have an accent. And I'm like, well, they're like, what happened to your accent? I thought you, you know, grew up in Singapore and lived in India every summer. And I was like, you know, at first I just joke around and say, you know, <laughs> I got hooked on phonics. But <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because yeah, it's That's- funny you said that because the way we met was through a mutual buddy. And uh, the f- first time I talked to you, it was way before I saw you. But my buddy gave me a heads up. He's like, he's like, yo, he's an Indian dude. And this is what he does. He sells cars. And I ended up buying a car off you. But I talked to you on the phone for half a dozen times, dozen times. And I sound like a white guy from so, California. Yeah. I was like, I was like, this dude's not Indian. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, bro. Yeah. And he's like, no, he's Indian. I mean, some I white girls have it. actually asked me to put on Indian accents while we're having sex. So, no you know, yeah. Do you do an Indian accent? Can you do it? I can do an Indian accent very good. Well, wow, uh, go. keep this going for about four minutes. Oh. How would you like me to put my pickle inside of you? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. 
That's legit. It's really like a, a enunciation of the R and stretching the R out and whatever you do. Yeah. Like, where are you going? <laughs> I like it. That is so And you weird. use a lot of hand movements like this, you know? Like you're turning That's light true. bulbs. <laughs> ah, dude. I don't dude. know. Dude. That's funny. There's a video. Um, uh, there's a video. Yeah. Of a, it's like a Bollywood kind of video. Yeah. And there's a, and there's a rap song. Check out the flick of the wrist. Uh, check out the flick of the wrist. And they, they seemed, they synced it with this Bollywood video and everybody's like, check out the flick of the wrist. Check out the flick of the wrist. And they all twisted. Yeah. I gotta find it. I swear I'm gonna find it and I'm gonna post it. It's hilarious. Yeah. Check out the flick of the wrist. I gotta find it. And even the part where people always ask me, they go, like, why do Indians, like, they always ask me, why do Indians, when they're saying yes, they're shaking their head. No, I'm like, they're not actually. They're actually saying yes, but it's how a bobblehead would say yes. Look at a bobblehead doll. Uh-huh. When it when it shakes its head, it's like this, you know? So it's actually saying, yes, of course. I agree with you, you know? And also, we don't really like to say no either. So, you know. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> Dude, that's hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's... And if you watch, for example, I was watching this Netflix show called uh, Indian Matchmaking. And it, it kind of shows also how... People are in Indians getting matched by a matchmaker here, by the same matchmaker in in the U.S. to each other and also even in India. But the biggest thing I I learned is from watching it is they uh, the the participants all came in with a lot of assumptions and expectations, but no personality. So these are highly intelligent people. They look great on paper. Um, They think they know what they want, but. It's like they they can't even articulate anything to each other, like feelings and stuff. They'll say, I like feelings. But <laughs> well, what is that? What do you think that is? Is that a scar from uh, childhood, the way they're raised? Yes. Is that what you're saying? It is. And it's it's very, it's like a, a proper way of being raised where you don't let feelings, you know, there's no such thing as depression. There's no such thing of, of uh, as feelings. Like feelings are... Are things you only uh, figure out after you marry somebody and leave live with them for a few years. Mm-hmm. So, in in essence, arranged marriages actually do work because people force themselves to like the other person. But there also has to be a decent thing about the other person too, you know. So, if two decent people get arranged marriage, chances are they probably will get along and fall in love actually, and it'll work out. But if both of them are shitheads or one of them's a shithead, then you're going to have a very abusive marriage and eventually lead to like some some form of a divorce. And, you know, divorce is getting more acceptable in India and and here. But I also noticed on the apps, the women literally put out and say, you know, just in case to let you know, I'm divorced, you know. And apparently people really hold that against each other. Like it's like, oh, no, you're you lost your virginity or something like that. Are you saying Indian people? Yes. Hmm. Wow. And but the weird thing, though, is, you know, it's like I don't think uh, I don't t- I've never really held divorce against somebody. But also at the same time, my belief is if I marry somebody, I don't want to ever get divorced. Oh, it's the most terrifying thing I've ever yeah I can think of. So I've been spending good answer, Slim. <laughs> it's horrible. So I've been spending the last nineteen years trying to find the right person. <laughs> How's that working for you? I had a dog out of it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So ideally, is it? I mean, does it matter? Does race matter to you in the end? Um, is Indian ideal? Or no, no, no it, it's not. I just really wanted to see what it's like, and it kind of boosts my ego, I guess, to like be really in demand. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and really, and really, on the app is really apparently. I actually, actually, I'm an intelligent dater. I get a lot of feedback from women, mm-hmm. and they're real, honestly. Like even 
my golden retriever who passed away. He was a 17-year-old golden retriever. Oh, that sucks. Willie, he was great as dog. If he even put a profile and just said, I'm a normal dog and I'm I'm a I'm a good dog and I won't do anything stupid, you would probably beat most of the guys out there with their profiles because I women show me their profiles on, on of other guys on dates. And I'm appalled. It's it's sad because these are guys who are surgeons, you know, uh, captains of industry, do real really successful, have everything together. And then they put this weird picture of them like laying naked in the bed, you know, and it's just they is that do something. That's weird. It is weird, you know? Wow. And then you're like, who's taking the picture from you up above you? <laughs> you know? And they'll and then they just write the weirdest stuff because they don't know how to talk to people. Mm. I actually when I go on dates, I try to get someone's phone number and I call them. It's a little bit old school, but you know what? It works. Because you, you, there's a lot of intonation and things you can get from people by talking to them. Goddamn right. Then a simple like LOL text, you know, and Yeah, and I don't like memes. texting. Yeah. I, I used to be on FaceTime. I like to talk yeah. to you and look at you that way. I know if I say something you like, you don't like your face to tell me everything. I can yes. read your expression. I can know exactly what's going on and what I said wrong or <laughs> If I fucked up or if I, oh, you like that? All right, let me keep going down this road. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm a big time. I'm a big fan of FaceTime. But That's a good point, actually. Got them right of this. It's being smart. And the way I am able to decipher if people actually just are actually liking me for me and actually are serious about a relationship is I ask them this one question. And the question is, uh, I ask them, oh, I ask them, um, uh, ask them, do they have time for a relationship? And whether a guy or girl answers, I even give female friends this advice and say, ask a guy this, because if their response is, oh, that's a really good question, they don't have an answer for it. That's They really don't even have a bullshit answer for it. Or they'll say, well, if I meet the right person, I'll make time for it. Well, that all that means is they never had time for a relationship. If they meet the right person, they will actually self-sabotage it just to talk out, walk out of it and say, Damn. see, it didn't work out. But the right person, you know what they say? Yes, that's it. No excuses. Very few people do that. I went on a date with a with a girl last week, and you know, she, a woman. Uh, sorry, I, you know, I'm trying to be politically correct, even though I totally <laughs> yeah, I'm not, not. That's not. That's not the show. Okay. That's not this show. <laughs> that's show. So I, I usually call it uh, this lovely chica. She was 40 years old. Mm-hmm. She she's a doctor in Philly, and you know, I asked her uh, on the date. I said, you know, uh, she was talking about all these guys she dated. And she kept saying she was an independent woman, and I said, great. Um, but have you ever been in love? And she goes, well, how? I was in medical school for 12 years. And I asked her, I said, listen, you're 40 years old and you're telling me that you've never been in love in all of your 40 years. And she goes, well, if you put it that way, no, I guess it makes, <laughs> it makes sense. And I said, you've had your half life. You've accomplished everything except the concept of falling in love. That means you weren't even able to be in a relationship long enough or thorough enough or right enough to say you're in love. And that's sad and that's scary. You know, and, and I'm saying, you know what, maybe I should look at people. I'm I'm about to turn 39, but I said, maybe I should lo- actually look at people younger than me who who actually are willing to go experience love and relationships and stuff. And and what relationships are is is to me, it's, it's consistency in the sense that people bring their baggage to the table and say, this is mine. I've dealt with it, but you're going to be a part of it. And I have to see what yours is. So put it all up front on the table. And are you willing to negotiate and say, I can I can deal with this? I like you enough and I can deal with this because you're dealing with my stuff and it's a balance. But a lot of times, a lot of those baggage come undealt with and they just throw it on the other person. So it always feels one-sided where you're the one always trying hard in the relationship and the other person doesn't. Mm. And as a result, there's a lot of women who date who are also really well put together, 
They date guys who are projects. They fix them up, clean them up, and then the guy drops them and marries somebody else. <laughs> and you're like, then they, then they're like, I fixed them up. I'm like, well, that's your fault. Yeah, you were looking for a project. Why not find a guy who's like decently put together? So at this point, my solution is maybe go out to more rural areas where I'm like the only brown guy, and people will go, I'll try that out. So I think next on my list is either like somewhere remote Arizona, like maybe Sedona, or I was even thinking about uh, Iceland. Mm. Iceland. Yeah, I love like wow. Icelandic women. You know, really? Yeah. Interesting. I'm going to Google Icelandic women. I'm going to Google. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. See, I have no, I have no concept. I have experience. Oh, yeah. They're, they're frame like, reference. They're like, here's the reference. They, they're, pro- they're, they always win like all the world CrossFit challenges and stuff. And I actually said this. I say this on a joke sometimes. This is what determines if a girl like you know uh, might might work out on a, on a date. She goes, "Oh, what do you like the best part of me?" And I just joke. I go, "You look like you could take a punch," you know. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, "Oh, you're an asshole." I'm like, "No, I'm not." I was just trying to see where you go with that, you know. And oh, or, but I think you know, if I said that to a beautiful Icelandic woman, she'd be like, "Yeah, not throw one back too." <laughs> see? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And and then you do the math and you say smooth. Uh, Brought up some Icelandic women. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, even smooth, okay. think about it. If you mated with an Icelandic woman, what mm. would that kid look like? Uh, probably a like a, a foggy piece of glass. Like, just like, know, like a Just party. like a jacked, like, <laughs> like human, you know? What? Like born with like an eight pack. <laughs> right. Just, you know? Pop, 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 pop. You're like, even the- give, my, give my kids a future I never had. Yeah. <laughs> like, think about this. Even if the kid was like born like really, really, really dumb, <laughs> physically, they could just be anything, you know? Sometimes they, they would get along great. Yeah. Yeah. I put you on the path of greatness, kids. Yes. Get your shit together. Oh, that'd be amazing. That's so that's my Bumble profile. It really just says, like, you know, your genes and my genes, we'd make some normal kids. <laughs> <laughs> so, Talk to me about some stereotypes. Like our first episode, well, a lot of our episodes revolve a lot around stereotypes. Yeah. Like, because they're funny. They are. I mean, stereotypes are hilarious. Oh, absolutely. They're the butt of every joke. There's always some grain of truth in it. Whether... That's how they formed. Exactly. At some point, somebody... Saw a black dude eating a watermelon, and forevermore, black people love watermelon. And at some point, <laughs> like, what the a couple chicks saw a bunch of white dudes with little ass dicks, and, and said, "All dudes are like slim." White. And they're like, "Oh, all right, that's cool." <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck it, exactly. Well, one of one of them, um, I, I think. Uh, <laughs> Like that, huh? It's good. Don't worry about that. They got some for you. Finally, that's a fucking way. It's about time. (laughs) You know, there there's a lot of stereotypes. I mean, the biggest thing, first of all, just professionally, uh, professionalized people always assume I'm like you know a doctor. uh, That's a great stereotype. A lawyer. Yeah, and it's not the worst. It's not. It's way better than a tiny dick. Especially if you wear a suit. I think if you wear a suit and tie, people think like, oh, guys. Yeah. Somebody. Oh yeah. 
I mean, sometimes I just feel like, you know, I could just wear a lab coat and walk in any hospital and I'll be like, doctor, we need you. And I'm like, all right. You're cool. not question you. Yeah. I need two cc's of uh, yeah. uh, B positive stat. Yeah. You, walk in, <laughs> you, you probably walk right up to like the fucking operating room. Nobody question you. Yeah. I come in with a fucking lab coat. Security! Security! <laughs> <laughs> you know I think we should actually try this out and see what happens. I'm, you I'm know? game. You know, I'll just put a wear a lab coat that says Dr. Patel. And just walk into UPenn. Yeah. You should Absolutely. do it. Absolutely. You should do it. I got left my badge. And then you'll get arrested. Oh, yeah. I'm fucked. Yeah. I'm fucked up. <laughs> we should do that. Yeah. Especially with the mask on now. Oh, yeah. Dude, no one can. There's no, no way. one knows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I just wear scrubs. It's easy to get off eBay, you know, and try mm-hmm. and figure out see what happens. just roam the halls. Yeah. All day long. Oh, with a clipboard. Well, and here's the other thing. Women, there's also women who will only sleep with guys who are doctors and stuff sometimes. And, you know, maybe that'll work to their advantage, you mm-hmm. know. Maybe. Yeah. Or throw some scrubs on, walk yeah. around city, you know? Mm. Listen, you got to take your wins where you can get them. Absolutely. You know? hmm. Hmm. What, anything else? What, what else? Like any other stereotypes? Yeah, there, <laughs> there, there are so Talk many. To me, dude. Talk to me about Dunkin' Donuts. Yes. What, so, what, what is <laughs> that connection? Because that's wait, undeniable. Wait, wait, wait. Time out. Time yeah. out. Time out. Wait. Yeah, yeah. Motherfucker. You've been thinking about that for a while. No, no. It actually, honestly, just popped in my head. Oh, it, it actually, there's a crazy thing here. So I actually freak the people at Dunkin' Donuts out because when I go there, they look at me and they go, he's on the other side of the counter. How often do you see Indians going to Never. Dunkin' Donuts to order Dunkin' Donuts? Never. So this is my problem with Dunkin' Donuts. What do you all know? <laughs> and okay. I don't. Okay. Here's because here. you never see any people on the other side buying Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Yes. Because is it's, it gross? No, 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 no. It's actually it's the money. So a lot of the a lot of these Indians will come here and they'll start up a Dunkin' Donuts. They'll actually borrow money from another Indian. And it's like sort of like a personal bank from family to family. And then what they'll do is start up a Dunkin' Donuts and they'll have their mother-in-law and their sisters all come and work there for like nothing. And then what ends up happening is they average, they net on average somewhere anywhere in the range of thirty to fifty thousand dollars a month. Wow! I'll give you an example of how that happens. Think of what it costs to make a donut, and then remember when they were throwing all the donut holes away, and then they started making them into like little donut balls. So that's what they made money on. That on top of that, you go in today. Like I even went like last week, and I this I literally am like. Other Indians don't. Other Indians own Dunkin' Donuts. Don't like me because I do this. Where you go in and you order like a lot large like matcha frappuccino, right? Mm-hmm. And the fucking thing is ninety percent ice. So you take three sips, it's empty. Yep. And you're like, what the hell? I paid for nine dollars worth of ice. So then I used to do what they do in Starbucks. You say less ice. Less so, ice, yeah. So when I say less ice, they take away three cubes. And then you say, I want very little ice. It's still 50% filled. I took a picture of this. Then I said, I want three pieces of ice in there. And then they put still like six, but it's still better. (laughs) And you actually get your drinks for it. So think about this. You're selling literally most of it, like about 90% water. You're selling water for $9 all day long. And you, you think about your costs, your costs are very little, therefore. And on top of that, you're not giving employee benefits. And so what they do is they'll have a whole family live together and they'll all like crawl together in like, like a 95 Integra and then go and live in this like giant mansion with no furniture. I don't know what it is about Indians with no furniture, but that is it. A, that is very true. They'll buy really big houses and, and no have furniture. no furniture. 
And then eventually they're like, we don't need furniture. We all huddle together in a family together on the floor. And I'm like, you still need furniture to sit on somewhere, you know, and create a line of separation or demarcation, you know. But like, you need something to fart on, you know, like, that's what the leather couch is for. You know, like, it's just kind of weird. So, like, I, I, have, a, I have cousins who they're lovely people and, and I'm very close uh, uh, with my cousin and her and her husband and kids. And, you know, when they first bought their house, they bought a 6,000 square foot house. I mean, it, the basement had it came with its own, like, women's beauty parlor with, like, the hair things and everything. And a year into it, I'm like, you guys still don't have furniture. They have a giant TV, but, like, no furniture. And I'm like, Why? Just put something there, you know. And then my my actual brother in law actually um, he said a, he gave me a great idea, and he actually said this. He go a reason why he goes. Listen, if you have more furniture and stuff, then your in laws come in, and then they sit there and live there for fucking months. So guess wow. what? You don't have furniture. You don't have in laws bothering you. And here's I actually took that theory and idea. And I works for a lot of my Indian customers and stuff, too, where they're saying, oh, you know, the guy will say, and I'm going to use the Indian accent. He'll say, I'm looking for an Acura MDX. You know, and Indians buy vehicles not because they're Acura, Honda or Toyota, but because you can actually pronounce them with an Indian accent without missing a beat. That's why they don't get Nissan. They don't go, there's no R in, you know, and even Toyota can turn it to R, but Toyota, you know, and, and Acura. You know, and Lexus, but Lexus is like the upgrade. And once in a while, they'll go to like a BMW, but, <laughs> but they'll always say they want third row. And I'm like, well, you only have like a kid and they're like, oh, well, my mother-in-law is going to like come and live with us. And I'm like, well, do you like her? And they're like, not really. I'm like, so if you didn't have third row, they'd have to keep fitting in the, in the second row and be uncomfortable every time. Right. And they'd leave sooner. And he goes, yeah. I'm like, so why don't you just not get third row? And he goes, you're a genius. No, he actually goes, you're a genius. <laughs> he said, yes, he shakes his head. So I solved like marital problems at that same point while selling him a car. It's fucking legit. Yeah. And if I mean, you, this is how you also get rid of in-laws. Wow. I like it. No, I mean, no, nobody's denying the, uh, the business model of Dunkin' Donuts. No. But why are, why did it, Indians get attracted to it to begin with? They got attracted to it because it was the quickest way to make money and pay back all your any any debts. Now, the reason why also Dunkin' Donuts, I found this out in a weird way. Sold a guy a car, this older Jewish guy, <coughs> nice guy, and he lives in around this area and he owns a lot of commercial properties. And he told me one day, he goes, you know, I only lease properties or sell properties for Indian guys, only Indians who want to open Dunkin' Donuts. And I was like, why is that? And he goes, they always pay their rent. So there's that assumption that in India, also, if you don't pay your rent or something, it's, it's like a act of shame and stuff like that. You know, if you make a late payment or whatever it is. So it, for him, it guarantees them rent because the way they are is they're very resourceful. If they don't have the rent, they'll come up with money from family members and they'll all chip in. Mm. So and it's a lot of communities like Vietnamese family communities do that. Uh, a lot of Chinese families. Um, so you have people from other um, third world countries that do that to sort of create like that group funding and then eventually they'll pay everybody back and mm. most of the time. So that's how the Dunkin' Donuts just became this easy model where it's kind of surprising because a lot of them who work there or own the places can't even understand English. So, but everything's numbered. So you'll say, I'll say they can hear things phonetically too. So when they hear something or they hear the number, whatever, one, number two. there you go. 
And then the other part is they apparently say, keep saying anything else. Because even when you weren't thinking of anything else and they keep saying anything else, you're like, huh. I think I, I think I might need I'll, something else, you know. I'll take a bear claw. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anything else? Yeah. Uh, and yeah, then I guess I'll, I'll do an Oreo. <laughs> what movie was that from? <laughs> Dude, where's my car? Yeah, yeah. Or there was there was another one too. It was like and the, and the lady then, the, and then he's like, no more and then. <laughs> that's Dude, where's my car? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, so there's the Dunkin' Donuts model is very um, profitable that way. And that's why, like, um, Indians don't see Starbucks as a way of because there's a lot more customer service feedback and stuff. There's a lot more uh, loss. You got to pay benefits to like white people who work there. (laughs) (laughs) That's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty much they enslave their own families and they make a lot of money and eventually they will take care of them. Yeah. That's fascinating. Hmm. Now you're thinking about opening a Dunkin Donuts, aren't you? No, I'm not. Uh, Just get a tan. You'll be fine. <laughs> Nobody I, got, I gotta perfect that accent first. Yeah. If I could do that. That'd be so weird coming from you. Yeah. Just coming be, from your face. Bizarre. Yeah. Now but, uh, to touch back also on we were talking about racism before. So the mo the there are a couple of experiences. The most of the racism really happens in not very like open in your face racism. It's more like hidden and gendered. You know, a lot of racism where it's literally I feel it comes from people who are politically correct where they said the most racist shit behind your back. Mm-hmm. And I'm in this group where I, I can I can hear racism from other cultures because I sort of blend in. Like I can blend in with uh, uh, different like Middle Eastern cultures. I can blend in with white cultures. I can blend in with Indian cultures. And honestly, it's it, there, there's racism everywhere. But the, the most racist people are within like Indian culture is what I've kind of met and the way they say stuff too. Um, so I've, I've seen that. Now, there's also people who are racist, where I believe, where I've dated a lot of women whose parents were that, and that's why they probably dated me. And then all of a sudden, I've had one instance where the dad was like, you know, Joe, I don't like foreigners, but you're good in my books. And at that <laughs> point, I call that a win, because that says that that guy might have thought that way all those years. But he said, you know what? This guy is good to my daughter, and he gives me respect. I'll give it back to him. Maybe maybe they just look at things a different way. Mm-hmm. The only other time that other happened was when I was dating my girlfriend from Michigan and I decided, you know, I was like, you know, at 21, I just turned 21. I took my motorcycle and pickup truck up there and I was riding around her town. So she's from like the area of Howell, Michigan, which is two houses down the, is the original KKK leader's birth, birth house. Mm, nice. I didn't realize what that really meant. So I'm riding around my motorcycle. And then I go into this bar. I'm like, I'm going to get my first beer. So this is really my first beer experience. I walk in and there's a KKK meeting with everyone's hats off. And they all just look at me like, like, like you lost boy. Up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they were garbed up, garbed up without their hat, their hats off. And, uh, and I was just, and I look in and I go, I'm either going to die or I'm going to walk away, figure out how to walk away from this. So I go up to the bar. I go to the bartender. I go beers for everybody. And then I just sit there by myself and I'm having a beer and the biggest motherfucker walks up to me and he goes, he goes, are you lost? (laughs) (laughs) They don't fuck around. They got one specific question they want to know. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, he goes, he goes, do you think you kind of belong here? Or, and he was, he was confused. He was just like, cause I was not scared. I was like, I was shit scared, but I was trying to pull it off as like, you know, when you're in that moment, you're kind of in shock and you're like, you just own it. Yeah. 
So yeah. I was like, well, what do you mean? I was like, I, I don't think I'm any different. And he's like, what are you talking about? So I go up on this story, which I read about a long time ago. I was watching PBS or something. <laughs> I explain how Aryans came from the north of India. Mm-hmm. And that's why all Sanskrit, which is all Indian languages, are based on Sanskrit, which is why all Germanic languages are based on Sanskrit. And you see other common themes where like Hitler took the Indian Hindu symbol of the swastika. It was flipped over in India as a symbol of peace. And he took it over and used it as as his regime, as his uh, part of the representative regime. Yeah. And oh, yeah. that's why North no, no, no. Indians look Germanic. They're lighter skin, lighter hair. Some of them have different colored eyes and they look very Aryan. So that's where they say Aryans uh, came from. And then you also have uh, Dravidian sons of David, who are also uh, uh, Jewish, who uh, also came from that area as well. And that's why I was trying to make, I was telling him this connection. So I said, really, you and I are both Aryans. So where's the difference here? And he looks at me and he goes, he says, you either tell a really good fucking story or this somehow makes sense. And, you know, I get it. And, and he goes, but you get a pass. And I go, thank you, sir. I, I didn't even finish my beer. I pretended to finish it. I got the fuck out of there. But you know what? What that convinced me is that you said, again, you can find all the most racist people in the world. But somewhere, if you can. There's reason, a commonality. Yeah. If you can get to their logic part of their brain identify somehow through humor or shock or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you can at least get them, set them straight and say, maybe I should look at things from a different perspective. And that to me is, is racism is, is really, that's someone's assumptions they made. But racism is when someone sees those changes and refuses to change after that. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think really determines whether people are really racist or not. That's wild. But if you do see a KKK meeting, don't try and walk towards it. Walk away from it. Good yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. Fuck that. I actually think they should give like some sort of like flag or something so people go, all right, maybe I should walk into that bar right now, you know? Some There are flags. There are a bunch of flags. <laughs> there, there are a bunch of flags and symbols. When I was down south, you know what I look for? I look for shit with like 88s. Yeah. I look for shit for, because that's 8, 8, the H, uh, 8 is the 8 like, letter in the, the alphabet. And oh, okay. it's HH, Hell Hitler. But oh. for 88s, I look for like certain crosses and shit. I wouldn't go into bars with, with 88s. I wouldn't go to the bar with crosses. Anything I thought was like fucking, anything I saw like swap sticker, I wouldn't even yeah. fuck with it. Certain places, I was in North Carolina and Western North Carolina. I didn't fuck with a lot of shit down there. Yeah. At all. Like, Here, yeah, there's flags, there's symbols, there's yeah. all kinds of shit. But here's what most racists realize though is that. Most of them are old and they're going to die out. But the, the ones today that are racist, that have some racism, they actually are still respectful of other people. And here's why, because they realize money talks and money doesn't have a race. Mm-hmm. And money, when races, when you install and gender racism into money, you become poor. Yeah. You, you, if you try to not sell some, but something to somebody. And the very biggest example is you go into jails and prisons mm-hmm. and you have gangs and they deal with each other and they deal drugs or whatever else with each other and negotiate. You know, you're not going to see the supremacists are going to still talk to the Latino gangs and what, what and make some negotiation mm-hmm. on things. They're just in their own tribes. Yeah. Because yeah. at that point, when you take away all the other, like the, um, the assumptions that people make and you're in jail and you're sitting there and you go, well, it really comes down to business. Mm-hmm. And then you realize there is no place for racism. Mm-hmm. So all those other people who really won't stick to all that stuff, they'll die out eventually. It's but noise. Yeah, yeah. The rest of it is just people. Like when we have these discussions, like these podcasts, we bring things to light and people go, oh, maybe I shouldn't make that assumption or maybe that's why I made that assumption and maybe I should look at things from a different perspective. And I think that's what we're doing now, which is great. 
you know, it's putting everything in the open without being politically correct or anything. It's saying this is what people want to know, and this yep. is the truth. Yep. Damn right. That's why we have Ask a Black Guy. Yeah. Damn right. Dude, what is what is going on with our I don't audio know. right now? I keep it's hearing terrible. this. It's annoying me. It's, why? It's really bad. I don't know. We need new equipment. Apologize for that. Mm. It's amateur hour. But does my voice still sound sexy as fuck? It, it, that's true. Wait, 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 wait. Fuck you. Fuck you, mm-hmm. Slim. Because when I was doing sexy voice, it was a problem. But now Joe out. does sexy voice, you're good with it. Because your sexy voice creeped me out. It's creepy. Bottom line. Simple as that. Maybe he's rex- raced against sexy voices. I was, I was going to go, go down that road, but fuck this guy. You know? Fuck go him. down it. No, no, no. I'm done. I'm done. Bullshit. <laughs> make a fucking session note about it. Maybe you have to actually make out with both of us and see which what you really feel like, you know? Oh, it's taking such a weird turn. I know. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't, just doing what I wouldn't touch in high his school. lips. I wouldn't touch his lips with my asshole. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think should we wrap this up I like it yeah it was good I learned a lot today yeah. I even took notes I gotta go look this shit up the uh, the swatch sticker and the um, peace symbol and all that shit I gotta look that up man yeah you're yeah. a very wise individual I I literally read pretty much all the pop up videos in when I growing up on VH1 <laughs> and, on, and I end on that note I, this is the most amazing pop up video thing I've ever learned who was the, and I learned this on VH1, who is the only rapper who's considered the first rapper and the only rapper that VH1 will play? The only play. rapper who's considered the first rapper? Yes. And, it's the and who actually VH1? brought, they, and I'll give you a clue, they actually brought uh, Harlem uh, rappers to light, uh, to studios, and, and um, popularized rap. Hmm. White guy? Nope. Black guy? Nope. Indian dude? Nope. <laughs> I feel like there's, a, there's something here. Beastie Boys. No? No, no. There's something here. How about this? White oh, female. Oh, it's a Jewish dude. White female. White female? Female? Yeah. Hmm. From the 80s. You give up? No, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. White female. I'm just going to start naming people. Think about from the 80s. Madonna? Well, Paul Abdul? Nope. It had to be some chick that was banging black dudes. She's like, I could put you on. Maybe she didn't until she met black dudes. Uh-huh. Mm. Blondie? Yes! It was Blondie. Huh. What the fuck is Blondie? That's wild. You know Blondie? Remember that one song where she's like, tuh, 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 tuh. that was like her first rap song. And they and she, said... Yeah, and actually rap artists will confirm that she was. they consider her to be one of the first rappers. And she actually popularized street rap. We gotta ask a black guy here. Well, I've never heard this before. So you mean to say, so fuck, uh, um, uh, cool in the gang and all them, and fuck uh, rappers delight. This chick, yeah, this rappers delight was way before her, and she's considered the only rapper they'll play on VH1. Oh, that's just cultural appropriation. Fuck that. So you're saying I gotta do re- I gotta do research now. Before you call VH1 racist. Do some research. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. This is gonna be a a topic. Oh, I found a video too. Well, well, here's the thing. Are they still not racist? I mean, technically, they only had one rap artist. Rap artist who isn't even black. Right. No, it has to be. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> or so. just they just refuse to accept it. They did put Seal on there though, but yeah, mm. but he's not. But then they when people no, think of Seal, they just think of Heidi Klum. He though. is real good. I saw Seal. He's a good-looking guy, even with his scar. Yeah. That makes him more look more badass. I'm surprised he didn't become an actor. Is this I it? found the video. You did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it took me a while to find it. So here we go. Right. We're gonna watch the whole thing. What do you? I don't Let's know. Do a little clip. All right. Now that's a secret. And he's gonna hold. You got it. I got a hope. This is what like all like music videos ended up being. Like the backup dance, they all dance like that. Well, I'm gonna post it onto the Instagram. Now, if you actually watch modern Indian music videos, right, when the guys are singing on the guy versions, they always have like big muscular black dudes in like really short like shorts. And they're like, this is not gay, you know. <laughs> but they're like, no, and they're no like homo. hanging out the guy's arms. The guy's like flexing. No I'm homo. like, you do realize this is gay. Like, oh, it's like it's like it says no homo, no homo. Yeah. This is okay. Oh, that's hilarious. Indian guys do things that are. Uh, it's also it's Indian guys, Filipino guys, Indonesian guys. They do things that are they claim are uh, that are they claim are not gay but are very gay in America in gay culture mm-hmm. like for example in India when guys I, now it's a little bit more different but still guys go with guys to the movies and i remember even like when i used to go and like you know i had like a guardian he was actually our driver and did everything you know and he's trying to hold my hand and i'm like what are you doing he's like we're going to the movies i'm like why am i holding your hand he's like that's what guys do i'm like no that's no. gay he's like oh, i'm not gay i'm like well what do you think gay guys do? They do the same thing uh, straight people do. They hold hands. It's <laughs> funny. It's so weird. And then like here, they'll try and like try to hold another guy's hand, and guys are like, "Yo, I'm not into that." And guys are like, "We talking about? We're just crossing the street." Like, wow, <laughs> fuck that. You know? And I'm just like, no. It, it, it's 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 actually indicating you know that you are probably gay. I mean, if, if you and if you and Slim were like walking together in the street, you know, no. you guys leave work, you guys are holding hands, people wouldn't be like, "Oh, they're buddies." No. Yeah. They would definitely think that Slim is a bottom. Yeah. Like, for sure. (laughs) So, how could I have a choice? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For the the record, not no homo, but in in my relationships, my heterosexual relationships, I don't have homosexual relationships. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we got to clarify. We got to clarify all this shit now. Uh, But no, he's single and he's straight. In my relationships, I like to be a little spoon. I'm just saying, you know, I like to be a little spoon. So I'll just put that out there. But you like you like to be little spoon, but with a little girl around you, like a very petite girl, big spooning. No, I like I like I like my women with you know meat on their bones. Small girls are they're okay, but as I, long as they're known, they're small and thick. You can break one of them. Yeah, I like them thick. Yeah, I like them thick. I like my women thick. Slim women are very nice too. Uh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I, I, you know, I, I can date a slim woman. I don't have a problem with skinny women. They're cool. I like a thicker woman. They don't a poke thicker you. body. Yeah. There you go. You know. <laughs> they don't yeah. poke you. I also <laughs> like girls with like one arm because it's easier to like sit together on a couch. But <laughs> and they're also they become very skilled with the other arm too. So I'm just saying. Right. I'm okay with that too. Wait. wait. One leg. Work with that. Oh, too. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, never, never traveled down that path before. You're, you're a glass 
Half, half full. full. Oh, been, huh? I'm actually glass like three quarters full. You know, I was coming <laughs> with that extra quarter somewhere out of nowhere. You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> ice cubes. It's ice cubes. It is. And ice cubes. <laughs> See? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, not, it's ice cubes. It's there you go. <laughs> You know, next time you go into Dunkin' Donuts, I, I encourage people to put on their Instagram, like when they ask for a large, like, you know, green tea, oat, oat milk, whatever, you know, uh, like Frappuccino mm. and just like take three sips of it and take a picture of what it looks like. It's empty, you know, and just just see what you're getting for the value. And in the same respect, I'm going to give an analogy. You took that and then you go and go on a date with a guy and you say, I'm going to Give him some good questions. These three questions. One of the biggest questions you can ask is, "Do you have you made time for a relationship?" And again, anything other than the word "yes," then you pretty much drain that drink and you see what's left: ice, nothing else. Mm. You know, so <laughs> like ask that. that. And even women, ask yeah. them that. Well, like trust that. me, don't. Hmm. Women could be as hot as hell and everything. If you ask her that question, she goes, "Um, for the right guy, I'll stop like you know, uh, mountain climbing or rock climbing every day or whatever, and I'll stop hanging out, and getting drunk every day. I'll do it for the right guy." End the show. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. Well, great advice. Yeah, I like Good it. Way to end. And do split the check. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give a touch on that one. Yeah. Sue, it was a pleasure, man. It was great, dude. My pleasure. I enjoyed it. You want to uh, plug your business? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, basically, uh, what I do is uh, a lot of my customers are actually women. Uh, people interview me. I interview people. I'm kind of like a, a car whisperer. <laughs> people call me and they say, hey, I need a vehicle, boat, mm-hmm. motorcycle, whatever. And I kind of interview them, talk to them and say, go test drive these things or tell me. I kind of figure out their personalities and then say, go test drive these things. Tell me what you absolutely love about this, what you hate about this. We'll go find the right vehicle. And I go to dealer auctions across the country, charge a flat fee. And my website is autobuyerdirect.com. And hmm. my phone number's on there. Contact me anytime. I, uh, Even if you want to go on a date, you know. <laughs> or that too. <laughs> I personally experienced uh, Sue Mance's personal touch here. It was a fantastic car buying experience. It was the best ex- car buying experience I've ever had. And uh, I highly recommend it. So uh, if you're in the market for a new car, give him a shout. Visit his website. Um, he literally bought a car because of my voice. <clears throat> that was it. We sold. I also was in the market to buy a car, uh, and I was looking for three weeks. And then Slim told me about Sue. And then you blew and him Sue. Off. No, I called Sue. <laughs> and Sue, Sue sent me like I explained him what I wanted, and he was very like you know easy to talk to, listened, and he sent me probably. More cars in the matter of like three hours than I've seen since I've been looking for the last three or four weeks. I didn't buy from Sue. The only problem is I needed to buy something like immediately. Like, and I had to leave. This is right before I went down to Georgia. But if I had more time, I definitely would have bought from Sue. And I, I literally bought to, something that day. And I was able to actually tell you, like, that was a good deal what you bought too. Yeah. So, it, honestly, it's, it works out great. Even if it's not right. buying a car through me, I'll tell you right. where the right deal is. But my next car is definitely coming from you because I got time. And I'm thinking about telling my parents to like, when they're ready to go, I'm like, definitely tell them to point in your direction. So, yeah. Go holla at Sue, man. Go holla at Sue. For real. I definitely recommend that. I also recommend Stateside Vodka. Mm. Stateside Vodka. You had you had Stateside Vodka, Joe? I have. I've been, it's been, I haven't even been seeing it. Like after I had it, all of a sudden it showed up everywhere on like Facebook and everything. Oh, I was listening to you. Yeah. Like the phones. The phones listen. Yes. Well. They are listening. It is delicious vodka. 
It's uh, what distilled seven times. Distilled seven times. Made in Philadelphia. It's in Kizzen. Is it seventeen oh one Kizzen? I think so. Is that seventeen oh one? I think that's the address. Yeah. So go. I'm Donaldson. not sure if they're uh, if their bars open yet, but they are still delivering. I just saw an Instagram mm. post the other day, and if you go on their website and you use our promo code AABG10, AABG10, you can get ten percent off your order, and booze just shows up at your door. Fantastic. You know yeah, how they right. could sell more if they said, you know, like in each bottle, like if you want a special edition one for like 500 bucks or something like that. Just be like, you know, yeah, you know, you also get a clip of Nicki Minaj sticking her tongue in this bottle before we bottled it. <laughs> I mean, I'd buy it. That might work. I would. Yeah. You know, Dude, well, they're- probably not about Corona, but yeah. 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 yeah true. <laughs> true. I'm all about it. I'll tell you what. Hey, listen, if Nicki Minaj gave me Corona, I wouldn't complain. I'm just saying. The, uh, <laughs> true. But the bartender comes up with some hilarious drinks. Yeah. yeah. The names of the drinks at their bar are hysterical. What was the one I like? Artichoke Me Daddy? Artichoke Me Daddy. That's hilarious. My favorite one is uh, Corn Hub. Corn Hub. <laughs> and you know, a cocktail is only good as the vodka you put in it. So That's yeah. it. And I tell you what, I, uh, I've been drinking a lot of Stateside recently. I've never had a hangover with it. Yeah, that's because it has like minerals in it. This it has the same like consistency as the uh, or yeah. the makeup as the um, Gatorade. Exactly. So you can drink all you want. You probably never get a fucking hangover. It's fantastic, it's legit. So highly recommend that. Go check that out. You can find a link to their website on our website, askablackguy.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, follow us on Insta at askablackguy. Mm-hmm. Facebook, same thing. Facebook. Also go to the website and go buy some merchandise. You can buy hats, shirts, cups. All that yeah. crazy shit. We got some really uh, really nice clothing on there. I'm wearing a shirt right now. Oh, me too. Smooth wearing a shirt. Look at that. Um, it's, it's oh, it very feels, comfortable clothing. It feels really silky. It is. Yeah, cool. it's a shirt. Nice. Yeah. So uh, we're going to hook Joe up with a shirt here. Nice. And, uh, and what? Think, think, of, think about that too. Like if you're a white guy wearing a t-shirt that said, ask a black guy, great, great conversation piece anywhere, you yeah. know? I've been waiting for that. So I've been wearing a lot of... AABG swag mm-hmm. waiting for what somebody to ask me picture? about it. Yes. I had, had, a, I had one time I was in a, a supermarket in like this white neighborhood and this white lady st- was staring at me. Like she was staring me down and I realized that she was just reading the fucking shirt because she saw the picture but she mm-hmm. never asked. Yeah. Now I'm at the start and be like, it's a podcast. So listen to it. It's great. Yeah. I think you got to do that. If I see anybody staring at it, I'm just going to, I'm going to yeah. approach the subject. Like You got to. You got to yeah. start Everybody off with saying, like, listen, I'm not into black guys. I'm part right. of this podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Check it out. You got to. You'll get it when you listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. You'll get it. So, yeah, All right. right. Well, listen, man, I had a great time. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank thanks you. Thanks for letting us use your house. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for letting us use your house. And you got a lot of cool-ass shit, so thank you for letting us see your cool shit. Yeah. And yeah. taking pictures of it. Usually distracts girls, you know, when and, the clothes uh, come off. Yeah. All right. What's that? Like it's your it. uh, website one more time. Oh, it's uh autobuyerdirect.com. Autobuyerdirect.com. All right. And explains everything how it works, very simple. And uh there is really no committal. If you just need information, I'd be happy to talk to you on the phone. That's fantastic. All right. Till next time. See you. Style of See you guys.